What's up? This is your girl, Taylor Wilde. Welcome back to Wild On Season 4, the podcast where you get the insider's view of the weird, wonderful, wild world of wrestling. On Wednesdays, today's guest is a wrestling dad to many. Professional wrestling is all about having a chosen family. Many of us find our closest friends and partners, both mentally, emotionally, and even spiritually. He's an ECW legend who just had his wrestling birthday. 33 years. And in wrestling years, that's roughly 782. He looks great. This guest with Bill DeMont were responsible for kickstarting my career at 20 years old and hiring me with WWE. Ladies and gentlemen, my wrestling dad, Tommy Dreamer. <laughs> Thanks for taking the time out. I appreciate it. Always for you. Thank you. And let's get right in it. 33 years wrestling birthday started at 1989 and i was born in 1986 so this is this is good you weren't there i wasn't there i was seven eight i was three so i was supporting you in diapers appreciate it how does it feel uh blessed man yeah this is all I ever wanted to do since I first saw it, since I was nine years old. First time I saw it, I was hooked. Mega, mega, mega fan. I was nine years old. And then I uh, went to my first ever live event. I get snubbed by Bob Backlund for an autograph. <laughs> start getting away from it. And then I see Dusty Rhodes wrestle live in Florida. And I'm hooked. I'm frozen watching him perform. Um, and then I turn by my first 8 by 10 by my first T-shirt and then I remember driving home and telling my father, that's what I have to do in my life. And I was 10. Mm-hmm. Eight years later, I'm now, you know, training for my first ever match. I'm right out of high school. My deal I made with my parents, I got to finish college. Sure. All I really did want was like one match to say I was a pro wrestler. And then after I did one, I wanted to do another. And uh, side note, undefeated in the 80s, brother. Ooh, uh, two me. matches in 1989. So that's official, undefeated in the entire 80s. Uh, and then <laughs> 1990s roll around, four matches, undefeated in 1990 as well. I mean, talk about a prodigy. And then uh, 1991 hit, went full-time out on the road. Yeah, I've literally been on television ever since, nonstop which is just insane if you really think about it. Like from local sports channels with a company called ICW and then into ECW. But two years of wrestling really didn't matter. I go, I made it to ECW in two years. And like my, I asked my daughters, like they're doing the math. I'm like, yeah. And then I finished it off by saying, I was a prodigy. And they're like, (laughs) ew. And they all just (laughs) turn around. Their mom, she don't sell me ever. So so. (laughs) no, no, no. They, (laughs) <laughs> the partner never does. Correct. But I, I think there's something to be said about that. That's probably where you and I can draw a lot of parallels is I don't think anybody really knew how young you or I were when we started because we were just in it and age was irrelevant. But when you do the math. I didn't know how you were old you were. And I hired you as well as I didn't know it until 
we did you did my podcast right and i was like wait a minute what <laughs> uh, to get back to your question man just seriously so blessed because i i never uh, if you really do and as you get older you reflect about your life yeah. and my 20s after you know first uh, and also like when i grew up in wrestling mm -hmm. like i never knew what indies was or independent wrestling they didn't really exist and i literally thought like i'd train and then I go to WCW or WWE, like if it was like a baseball system, okay, I'm doing this one thing and then I just get hired, you know? And then even then, like I had, I had my first tryout in 1992 in WWE and they said, we're hiring you. Wow. And I was like, oh my gosh, like this is amazing. And then that was when Vince went to, uh, he was in trial uh, for the steroid trial and then there was a new regime and then like that I didn't get hired it, it's an amazing journey my my 20s were dedicated to ECW my entire life and like when you're talking about age most people don't realize I was 29 years old when ECW went out of business and like you're hitting your prime yeah when you're that age and this company just goes away yeah and then in my 30s I gave my entire 30s to the WWE yeah, because I left WWE, I was 39 and then my 40s was still like, I don't want to say another run, brother, but I didn't want to be signed with anybody. I, mm -hmm. I did my stuff with Impact mm -hmm. and then I left Then I came back. I started my own promotion. Then I went back to WWE, went back to Impact, but really dedicated my 40s to myself mm -hmm. because I mean, I realized, man, I've been I've been wrestling all this time. I didn't get to see anything. Yeah. The lifestyle, like my average day when I was in my 30s working now for the WWE, and now it's different. I have children and I leave on the road Friday. I, I wrestle Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. I fly home Wednesday. I'm a zombie. Whatever day that one day is, still to this day, when I finally go home, I'm a barely functional human being. Yeah. And then it would be Thursday. You have to do laundry, pay some bills, <laughs> try to act like a, a civilian. Yep. My wife was in the business. She understood it. Right. And then you just go back out yep. and you just, it's it's this, and it never ends. Mm -hmm. It only ended if you got taken off the road or if you got hurt. Yep. And I never got hurt. You get, I got taken off the road, yep. but it's still like, you're always on call, like you're a doctor. Mm-hmm. And that was my whole life. But you just like you land, you go, you don't see anything. And like, I seriously, uh, I, I became more reflective, especially during the pandemic. And I was like, I used to go to Universal Studios every two weeks. Mm -hmm. And I took that for granted because mm -hmm. I, I, I took my daughters recently to Halloween Horror, horror Nights. Oh, nice. And well, I always wanted to do it, but they were always too young. Right. And then plus school and activities after school. Then you turn around and my daughters are now 18. And also like I would have probably taken them when they were 16, but the world shut down. Yeah. And so, and I'm like on the plane and I, I'm, I'm doing it all for free because I'm using my miles for my kids, all this stuff. And again, stuff that I've accrued through the years of, you know, flying. Mm -hmm. And like, I look at these families like glowing or spending like they're saving up all year to do this thing. And I'm like, I had this at my disposal every week. And I was just like, Oh, I got to go to Orlando again. Yeah. Or man, I'm going back on the road. 
I remember another time uh, I chose to sit at an arena because I was so tired and I didn't go to the Coliseum in Rome. And I was like, eh, I drove by it. I'm good. I get it. I get it. And this is what people don't know. They see this glamorous side. We're jet setting. We're on the road. It's the dream. And it is the dream. But that's why I left at 25 because, and I was at my peak. But like you, you get so fucking burnt out. You're not enjoying anything anymore. And that's, mm-hmm. that is really crazy. You didn't see the Colosseum in Rome. You sat at a stinky cement laden building because Asleep. you were that exhausted. But like, if you also think about that, I knew I had, I've been to Italy. I've been to Rome four times in the last two years. Wow. And I'd be like, ah, I'm going to Italy again. Like, okay. <laughs> like, and it wasn't like, like, no, but like, it's horrible. I know. And they're like, oh, I got to get on a bus and sit as we drive through these mountains of Italy where people <laughs> are like, man, I want to go to Italy one day. Yeah. Like I've been. I think I I did like 140 something countries that I've been to that I've wrestled, but I didn't really see a lot of those countries. I know your airports. Yep. I know your hotels. Yep. So what was your biggest takeaway? Because I feel like COVID was this hard reset for our whole world. I don't think we're ever going to get anything like that again. And Mm -hmm. Whether you wanted to or not, it was a time of introspection because there was literally nothing else to do. What did you take away from that time? How did you come out of it differently? One, appreciative. Two, I almost died from COVID. Um, I had gotten blood clots. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Um, Dreamer almost finally bit it. I oh was sick. Here, Here's, long story short, I did nothing. The only place I went was for impact. Mm-hmm. And we were under strict COVID protocol and kudos to impact for doing it. Everyone would be tested, still run the risk, no fans. But like I wasn't even flying. I would drive 15 hours, Nashville back. Well, also at early COVID, we're still taping. You couldn't fly. Right. And those those trips by yourself, man, like you do, you you think a lot Mm -hmm. like you know, the proverbial used to be how many wrestling fans, you know, what was your biggest wrestling fan you ever wrestled in front of? What was your least? And it was like, mine would be like nine people and 80 something thousand. <laughs> yeah. Now for everybody, zero. Yeah. I never thought I could be normal in the sense of, like I said, I've been nonstop doing this my entire life. But then I was like, man, I enjoy being home. Mm-hmm. I also too thought the moment I stopped bumping my body would be in pain and I would like almost like break. Yeah. And that didn't happen. But I really enjoyed being normal and like hang. And honestly, I, like I said, appreciative. I went on more walks. Mm. I live in New York, but my backyard backs up into a nature preserve and I've taken my daughters and and we've gone through, you know, the, the woods and the nature preserve a million times, but like it became part of my routine Mm -hmm. where I enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. As opposed to, let me go out there and do the walk. I always enjoy being with my kids, but like it's also exercise. It's all these right. things. So you become more appreciative. So that was a big thing that mm-hmm. I could be normal, though I'm not normal. But like <laughs> I could be good. And it was also like I could be good if I never leave my house ever again. Right. And even like this, like we could communicate through Zoom or yeah. I work, uh, I bust it open. I do a radio show through Zoom. 
-hmm. Why do I ever need to go in studio? Cool. If we have an in studio guest, I'll be there, but I don't, you don't, why do I have to leave? I literally don't need to do anything. Yeah. No, I, I agree. don't need to go to a bank. People pay me and I deposit it. If they send me a check. <laughs> I take a picture of it. Um, long story that I, because this is what happens when you and I get together. Yeah. <laughs> um, I went, the only state I ever didn't wrestle in was Alaska. Mm -hmm. And I figured, man, 30, I think I was 30 coming on. I already did 30 years. And uh, I was like, I don't know if I'll ever get the opportunity to go to Alaska. And so I did one indie and I got COVID. <sighs> and Fucking the whole Alaska. Ugh. But hey, I made my amends with it. <laughs> I also went back there and it was, you know, it wasn't anybody's fault and nothing. It just, they were loosening up the restrictions, figure mm -hmm. it's, it's safe. Yeah. And I, and I got it. And when I tell you the, ex, the experience I had when I was just like, when people like COVID is a hoax, COVID is, I was like, first of all, I know people have died from COVID. Second of all, I had COVID. I left, I was a healthy man. Mm-hmm. For the first time in my life, I felt like a feeble old man. That's how sick I was. Jesus. I couldn't walk. I would, I would, well, I was, I had a fever for 17 days. Oh my gosh. And the nights were the worst. Yeah. Um, but like, I would wake up saying, man, this is my day. I'm, it's, I'm over it. I'd walk down the steps and I would be like, I just wrestled for 40 minutes. Wow. And I'd be like, <gasps> And the things that happened to my body were next level how it messed me up. First of all, it flipped my eyesight. I wear contacts and I also have a stigmatism in my eye. My one eye got stronger. My one eye got weaker. Wow. And then I'm, I'm doing the proverbial trying to like read. Yeah. And I'm like, I can't see anymore. And then I eventually go to the eye doctor and I'm like, hey, man, um, I can't see. It's like, oh, when you get older, your eyes is like, man, your eyes really change. Have you had any health issues? I said yeah. I had COVID. He goes, oh, yeah, that's it. And he goes, there's so many things we don't know about this disease, but we're seeing more and more people with these issues. So that was one. Uh, one lovely day, I go downstairs. I have Tylenol to stop the fever. And like for me, I always try to keep the fever that's highest yeah. to try to burn it out or sweat it out of your system. Sure. But you can't let your fever go too high, you know? So, and I would always like be around 103 once and like, you know, you're spinning. It sucks. It's high. Take Tylenol. Well, I figured I already had brain damage. So a little bit more <laughs> won't hurt me. A little no. fry. A little fry. It's fine. <laughs> um, I, I Orange juice, take my two Tylenol. And I literally put the cap on it like this. And then mm -hmm. my arm goes down. And my right arm, and I'm looking at it, and I can't lift my arm up. Oh, And my I God. lost the use of my arm for two days. And, you know, then I went to my doctor, and I was like, dude, my arm doesn't work anymore. <laughs> and he's like, I knew along uh, WrestleMania in New York, I tore my UCL. And I, that's why I can no longer be a pitcher. I need Tommy John surgery. <laughs> but the doctor was like, hey, you need Tommy John surgery, blah, blah. And he's like, you know, you can't wrestle. And I was like, doc, I've literally wrestled 14 times since I've hurt this arm and I've right. trained by arms. Right. He's like, there's no way you could have done that. I said, I did. And so he's just like, okay. I go, well, I'm not going to have surgery. What's I'm not going to be a pitcher. So he goes, you have damage in there. And this was a disease meant to attack your damaged body. 
and your body had to take time to heal it. And then losing the sense of my, I mean, literally it was like when you sleep on your arm and you can't move it for two days, done. My other thing, sleeping, everything happened at night too. Mm -hmm. Um, Sleeping, I thought I got stung by a bee because I had such an immense pain in my leg. And then the next morning I wake up and it looked like someone cut a walnut in half and my skin was all big oh. and a, a vein collapsed in my leg. Oh my God. And now I have gross spider veins to add to the cellulite of my lovely <laughs> big legs and ass. And I asked like, and they're like, yeah, you could have died right then and there. Wow. Jesus, And then uh, my last horror, I woke up and I thought I was on fire. And I have been on fire. <laughs> I thought like something, I, my house was on fire or something yeah. in my hips. Oh, no. And I jump out of bed. I went to sit down and I'm like, <gasps> it would be like someone was holding a lighter to both my hips. Oh my God. So then I try like laying in bed and I'm like, oh, oh. And I was like, what is going on with my body? And I had to stand for three hours. And this happened like three o'clock in the morning. Great. And I remember waking up where I was on my knees and leaning against my bed because I don't know what. And like my doctor said, you know, you probably, you know, the first to go in wrestlers are their hips or their knees. And he's like, you probably have arthritis in your hips. And like this was attacking your body. And I never felt pain like that. And like wow. I said, I've never been so, so sick. I was like that for. Yeah, 17 days. I think I was sick for 26. I made my peace with God. And uh, mm-hmm. I don't you know, know what people or care what people worship. I believe in my God. And I was yeah. just like, please, like, I've lived a great life. This is going to be so hard on my girls. Please just take care of them. That's so scary. Again, I don't care about myself. I care about my, you know, my family. Yeah. And I was just like, this is going to be hard on them because I thought I was dying. Yeah. And I didn't think I'd make it through the night. And I was just like, they're going to find me tomorrow. I couldn't get out of bed. And I was like, they're going to find me tomorrow. It's going to be hard. But grace of God, I'm here. And became way more appreciative about things. And like, you know, I always was, hey, any day of wrestling is a good day. And it is. But any day you wake up is a good day. And we all have our struggles. We all have our, our problems in our life. We all you know, get down and then I will always go to wrestling. Like wrestling life is just like wrestling. You will get knocked down a lot, but you got to keep on getting up and keep on getting fighting and moving forward because one day Tommy dreamer is not going to wake up. I'm okay with it, but I'm not okay with it for the ramifications it'll have on the people that love me. Like that is a treacherous COVID experience. And I think people need (laughs) to hear that because we've gotten to the point now where because the world has resumed, as you do with trauma, people block out the reality of situations and we've just almost pretended like it didn't happen. But COVID is very real. And as a first responder, I've seen it and I've seen what it's done. But how are you physically now? I feel great. I'm 51 years old. I've been wrestling since I'm 18 years old. I broke my neck. I broke my back. I, I've broken so many bones. I've never had a surgery. Physically, I don't live a life of pain. Mm-hmm. When I fly, ev- I regret ever taking one bump, and yeah. I I do. I watch <laughs> when they close those doors. I watch my fingers go; they shrivel. Well, and do you ever watch I, your water bottle? 
how it constricts it literally like i feel like that's what it does to our joints wow no i've never seen that oh yeah, no my, that's my body yeah no and, and it's it, you're 100 percent correct well that's also why they have flight attendants only allowed to fly a certain amount of hours right uh, f listen wrestling is not good for your health no. <laughs> flying no is not good for your health. no Beth Phoenix taught me a long time ago compression socks for anything over a two-hour flight. Yeah. I swear by them. Do you? I've actually looked into that. I can do two hours. And then okay. two hours after that, I'm I'm hurting. I remember going to Japan for Impact, Bound for Glory. On the flight home, my back started locking up. And uh, I could not stand. Mm. I fell asleep. Across, abyss is in front of me. And I'm in three seats behind him yeah and i fall asleep and i go to get up and i'm like i don't have legs right now like, what the <laughs> fuck's going on and i couldn't do it and i'm trying oh. to like do like a, a dip to pull myself up and i couldn't do it and then i asked the flight attendant I was like, you know ring the bells like can i have uh two coffees please like uh but can i get like four cups because i don't want to burn and she's like <laughs> gives it to me and so she leaves and i just take my jacket i lean to my side and i just start filling up one <laughs> filling up the other and then i didn't want to alert them and then i poured them into water bottle that i had and i had to make my own makeshift toilet because i couldn't walk <laughs> i'm not laughing at you i'm laughing with you because i completely <laughs> understand and the uh, pain. there's also i look like the evolution of man chart uh, <laughs> When I get off of a plane, I'm completely hunched over like caveman. And then by the time I get to like, it's forward momentum. Like yeah, yeah. I'm in the back of the plane, I'm screwed. If I sit for too long and the tones go off, everyone runs to the truck and I'm running to the truck. Like I'm trying to tie my shoes at the same time <laughs> until I get to the truck. And then it's like, okay, I'm good. Proper footwear is also <laughs> key. Uh, yes. Always now put like, I used to have all the, the cool Jordans and used oh, to yeah. want the newest sneakers. Now I just want uh, sneakers with the gel cushions. And then mm -hmm. I have to add the Dr. Scholl's uh, gel cushions on top of it. So it's like the Steve Jobs 504s, New Balances. I like it. I will, as long as it it <laughs> is a, I could, I would wear the ugliest shoes ever. Yeah. As long as they're comfortable. Of course. I feel great, but it's all a lot of preventive medicine. Yeah. Thing. I've never done drugs. I've never, you know, ta I've taken two pain pills in my life mm -hmm. or three and I threw up all three times. <laughs> and so I'm not a hard, I can't be a hardcore drug addict. Yeah. I apologize. Yeah. Um, boring uh, I, just, I know i shouldn't have been that wrestler <laughs> we, never done cocaine and people are like really same like, well first of all it's an illegal drug yeah. second of all and they're like you were in ecw i was like yes but i've never done and i don't want to yep if i, I want to take pain pills because i i've lost too many people addicted to it and also like i get when you're masking the pain yeah. but you know it's going to come a problem and then to, you know they've now done the research 20 years of research vicodin cause pain yeah. in your brain yeah. your body then craves it yeah. which means the the companies the pharmaceutical companies that made these things made you crave pain if you're hurt after surgery great you got to take it but then it's like you can't rely on it because our industry like i said you have to learn how to live with pain because mm -hmm. you're going to be in it mm -hmm. because it's, it's what you do yeah 
But you've nailed it. It's it's the preventative and you can do it at any time in your career. Like I'm sure you weren't, like I wasn't, I wasn't looking after myself in my early 20s. You were just go, go, go because you didn't feel pain yet. But right. if you look after yourself, you can really have a long, happy, healthy career. You just have to start at some point. Yep. You are a wrestling dad to so many, myself mm -hmm. included, of course. Did you have a wrestling parent? Johnny Rogers, my teacher. Mm -hmm. Second one, uh, Paul Heyman, Terry Funk, Tony Atlas, Kevin Sullivan was another guy who always helped me. Mick Foley was another guy who always helped me. It was different. I Paul, Paul Terry, and Mick Foley are the three people I credit the most with to helping believe slash mold crazy Tommy Dreamer. But my hero, my idol, the man, the reason why I started being a wrestler was Dusty Rhodes. Wow. And uh, fortunate to be his friend. And then, like, I got after ECW and, like, I got to hang out with him all the time. Like, when we worked in the office together. And those, those were some great times because not only you grow up idolizing this person. And then you also realize this person's really, really cool. And this person then became your friend. And uh, Cody had told me at his father's funeral that his dad had said to him, there's, again, Dream did a lot for a lot of people, but he's like, there's only five people. And like, he would always do that. The the glove five that he considered his friends in the industry. Right. And I was one of them. Oh. And when he told me that I was lost, I mean, I lost it because, oh. you know, here's his son telling me that. What's changed from how you viewed professional wrestling day one versus how you view it now? ECW changed the business for the good and for the bad. Mm -hmm. That when I first started, there was not these things really called independent wrestling. And like, I thought like, hey, you went from training school to go to WCW, WWE. No, then you went to developmental systems. There was like an, an indie back when I started eventually doing indies, like a bad indie was like 1100 people. Wow. Like, cause they would advertise pro wrestling and like they'd also fake advertise like ultimate warrior versus big van vader would be there and then it would be like a guy who was muscular dressed up as the ultimate warrior versus a heavy set guy in a vader outfit <laughs> and nobody yet wanted a refund because it was hey you know pro wrestling build it they will come right the business has changed you think about um ECW, the Attitude Era, mm -hmm. there's a lot of things that you could not do today right. that you do that was over then. Like if you, puppies, if you had somebody <laughs> commentating about a woman's breasts yep. on television, yep. people would just go after that person to the point where he couldn't be on television. Sure. Social media, I feel, should have been great um, because I mean, so many times I do answer a lot of fans stuff, mm -hmm. but everybody has an opinion and it's also filled with toxicity mm -hmm. and everyone thinks that they can do it better or they know the story and how this is messed up. Right. And it's like, well, if you really did know the story, you wouldn't make these comments and, and, and things like that. But and, and I, I actually was just talking about this to someone. I, I love sports. I love baseball. I love football. I love hockey. I love basketball. Anybody can go in their backyard, throw a football, throw a baseball, shoot a hockey puck, shoot a basket. 
Anyone could go in their backyard and wrestle. Yep. But no one could do it at the levels of pros. Right. And in the sense of like a pro baseball player, if you're trying to stand there while somebody throws a baseball at you 95 miles an hour, mm -hmm. like, whoa, yeah. it's scary. Yeah. Or even I have thrown out first pitches at major league baseball games and been like, try to throw it. The biggest thing, just make it to the home plate. Yes. <laughs> let alone let alone throw it with speed velocity that I'm going to like, yep. like you have to think of like that or like those little things, yeah. but everybody will criticize and point out the negative oh, yeah. as opposed to the positive. And like, and if you think about it, that like that's become social media, mm -hmm. which is also become like the news. I don't watch the news. Yep. I, I love sports. I love baseball. I love football. I love hockey. I love basketball. Anybody can go in their backyard, throw a football, throw a baseball, shoot a hockey puck, shoot a basket. Anyone could go in their backyard and wrestle, but no one could do it at the levels of pros and in the sense of like a pro baseball player. If you're trying to stand there while somebody throws a baseball mm -hmm. at you 95 miles an hour, yeah. like, yeah. whoa. It's scary. Or even I have thrown out first pitches at major league baseball games and been like, try to throw yes. <laughs> the biggest thing, just make it to the home plate, let alone, let alone throw yep. it with speed velocity that I'm going to like, like you have to think of like that or yeah. like those little things, but everybody will criticize oh, yeah. and point out the negative as opposed to the positive. I don't watch the news. It's, it's a business and it's selling the business of watching the news and it's based upon your fear. The yeah. other part about it is like, that's what wrestling used to be. The bad guys were you're based upon your fears. Mm -hmm. And back in the day you had evil Russians, evil Germans. Why did you have that? Because of the wars they were going through. If today someone came out and played a Russian character well, there's a war going on in Russia, and how dare you offend me with having a Russian character being like, and it, what did it prey on? It preyed on your stereotypes, mm -hmm. but you couldn't do that today. You have to, and, and it's, it's wrong because people hold, like if you were Chantel, the Russian tyrant, first people <laughs> would come at you, she's not Russian, yep. or people would be, you know, they don't. But if you go and watch the movie, Chantel mm -hmm. the Russian Giant, and you're slaughtering people, people mm -hmm. don't go, you know, that actress, she's a bad person. No, she's playing totally. a part. So totally. are you. So the yeah. business has changed that way, as well as like rumors or people like, and it's funny, like Tony Khan comes on and like, you know, if you're in the news industry and because he also owns a sports team and you talk about things that aren't true. You lose your position. Like you can't come in the locker room because they're like, hey, you're not doing your job because you're reporting fake news. But right. that doesn't hold true in the wrestling industry. And they don't realize like it, it can affect your business in a heartbeat. Like, you know, we're, AEW, everyone's talking about the fight, all, all that stuff. There, We have no proof. Right. The only people that were there, like those are the people that have it. I, I've read rumors about myself that I'd be like, huh? Or, <laughs> you know, 
I, I seriously, like, I, I think about if ECW, everything we did in the ECW was illegal, straight up. Right. <laughs> and I love that, though. If people knew the behind the scenes of what's going on, even men and women not getting paid, or mm. by the when we used to get, you know, our checks would bounce. That's illegal. You can't bounce a check on somebody. Of course. But, like, back then, nobody really knew about it. And if, when it was reported... It was reported maybe a week and it was already rectified as mm. opposed to now things happen in an instant. Like yeah. I'll see something trending and I'll be like, huh? Uh, we're doing this podcast and people are saying, oh, Colt Cabana came out as a, you know, because of CM Punk, like he wrestled Chris Jericho the day we're recording this. And yeah. it's like, oh, Tony Khan is spiting CM Punk. And I'm, but then it starts picking up steam where it's trending. Yeah. And I'm like, I doubt that this is the case whatsoever, right. but it, it's just, those are the things where you really have to watch. And like, there's these so-called experts that aren't experts because I use this as an example. I love independent wrestling. And then best part about it is when all the, you know, whoever's a critic, whoever's this thing, I love watching people try to get into the ring <laughs> and this, this thing that they think they know everything about, they can't even get in the ring. Mm -hmm. And that's why I say that's the difference. Or when they touch the ropes, they're like, wow, these are heavy. Or they're walking and like, I thought this was a lot softer. Mm. And it's like, yes. But now, like, it, it's it really baffles me, like, when we have all these experts and all that stuff. And then when I see that, I was just like, man, like... These are the people that you sometimes take these criticisms for because yeah. they can't do it. Like, I won't yeah. ever go out there and say, this player sucks because he didn't catch a ball. It's like, okay, human error. Or there's also, like in football, there's someone's job who trying to prevent him from catching that ball. Right. Or literally go out there, run down the street your hardest, and let me throw something at you, see if you could catch it. <laughs> I'm serious. I mean, it's, no, it's, I, I agree. It is. And it's so hard. Like, it's easy to say it. Like, you filter that shit out. You know, it. no matter if it's positive or negative, they're still talking about you. Mm -hmm. They care. But I think so much all the time that when people say really negative, toxic shit, it says so much more about them and what they're going through and so little at you. It's yeah. just you're the person in the very public on a very public platform and you're just um, you're yeah. just their pinata well, and you think day. about like uh listen man i i work i'm blessed i work on busted open mm -hmm. we are literally the number one show on sirius xm um Congrats. then i t i think about this we're a wrestling show mm -hmm. and we're the number one show and then i look on social media what usually trends monday wrestling tuesday wrestling wednesday thursday friday saturday Sunday, Every day, something will trend wrestling. Yeah. And it's like, that's how much fans love it. Yeah. And I appreciate that so, so much. As opposed to like, if you just took out the the negatives, but yes. And then I also, I realized it. And because I had, a, I did my own deep dive in it. There's also like Twitter yeah. is a business. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And there's also things like and it's funny, like when you say the truth, people jump on it. Mm -hmm. If you said the, the, a lie, people would jump on <laughs> yep. it. But like there's bots that will jump on a negative conversation 
to keep that conversation going in a negative way. And if you think I'm, oh man, who's this geeky kid sitting at their computer or on their phone <laughs> making fun of me, blah, blah, blah. Then you find out it's a, it's a, a, a bot. Yeah. It's a computer generating a negative comment to treat, to keep a negative thing going or a positive thing going. Right. But it's because it's that business where they keep people wanting to keep on this active. Yeah. And there's been documentaries about it and like all that stuff. It, it's just funny. Um, like I remember when Instagram first came out, everyone was posting pictures of their food. Like that was what Instagram was. <laughs> yep. And now it's like I'm an Instagram influencer. Yep. I could get paid for this. It, it's a business. It's a business yeah. um, to go back to answer your question, the changes uh Back then, we had dirt sheets to try to swerve them to see where we could go. Mm -hmm. It was my job, Paul Heyman's job. And I steal this from Roddy Piper all the time. Just when you think you have all the answers, I change the questions. Right. And that was my job right. in the original ECW, where I look at wrestling as this is how it should be straight up. It's a, it's a distraction from... The real life world and at the end of the day it's always good versus evil at the end of the day no matter what good will prevail mm -hmm. unlike the real world right i learned this after 9 11 from vince mcmahon himself when he literally said to everybody as a leader and like i saw him in a total different light it was the worst day i my city was attacked i didn't know what was going on i couldn't fly home we're scared all this stuff and, and like a leader, like, you know, General Patton, which was a, a famous general, but a, a movie. Mm -hmm. And he was like, if anyone does not want to go out there and perform, I pay you all. And I totally respect your decision. Hmm. It is our job to help the world heal mm -hmm. and put smiles on people's faces. And man, for the first time in my life, I was like, I would have run through a wall for that man. Mm. And then when I heard Lillian Garcia sing the national anthem for the first time in my life, I had patriotism mm. and I never felt these things, right. but it was because of wrestling. Yep. And, you know, again, wrestling doesn't get the credit like a dessert. Like we were the first live public gathering after nine 11. I was there the entire, like we celebrated during the worst time in the U S history, but we like forgot the real world for a couple of uh, yeah. two hours. Yep. And that's the beauty of what we do. Yeah. And, you know, every man and woman, we like, to, uh, listen, Tommy Dreamer was always the heart and soul of professional wrestling, heart and soul of ECW. We all have that dream. Yeah. We all have that heart and that passion. You know, you leave your child every weekend to go film television. It's heartbreaking. Mm -hmm. You leave your child to go pursue your dream also for money. Mm -hmm. But it, it's like all these things combined. But you, at the end of the day, you either have a smile across your face because I see it in the back and you're so pumped for that crowd or you see like I've seen you high five a little kid you made that kid's life. <laughs> but that's what it's about. It is. And if you really think about it, it's, it's awesome. Like I'm blessed. You're blessed. Everybody. And like I say this to people, too, if you never make it, yeah. you have made it because I still see some of my friends that I grew up with. They're in their same town. They They've never like, and like I grew up with them. What was your dream? Oh, I want to do this. And it's now it's, it's over. Yep. Yep. And w you, me, other people. And, and it's not like 
you can never like you I could not start doing this at 51. Right. But like I can do I could learn how to play a guitar. Yeah. I can learn how to do something else, but I can't I don't think I can make a career out of it. Yeah. But what I'm just saying is this blessed and like you you realize and ECW, like I said, chasing everything ECW, WWE, everything trying to pursue this dangling carrot, this but it's never gonna happen for me because of this glass ceiling, but you have hope. Mm-hmm. And but you you never realize the effect or the body of your work had on other people until I went back out on the Indies and did all these things. And like people told me like how wrestling helped them. Mm-hmm. And then I say to myself, man, how wrestling helped me. Mm-hmm. Like I seriously, I go to bed every night and I, and I, I'm not embarrassed to admit this, but I watch wrestling every night before I go to bed because it reminds me of a much happier time in my life as well as I watched, you know, the Peacock Network. Mm-hmm. And I literally watched, like, last night I went to bed watching the Strongbows versus the Samoans from the Spectrum. Wow. And I never saw the match. And the next match is a 10-person match in Philadelphia at the Spectrum. And I was just like, I can't wait to watch this tomorrow. <laughs> like, I'm excited to watch a wrestling match from 1982. Because, like I said, I've never forgotten my fandom. Mm -hmm. And the days that I do or the days like you had, like this Sunday, I was was so beat up. I wrestled two times. I drove. I flew. I was a barely functional human being. Mm -hmm. But I still went and like, man, like, why am I doing this? I don't need the money. Like, why? Mm -hmm. Like, but I was just like, this is why I do it. Because I was that kid sitting there watching these guys at Madison Square Garden or like glued to the television every single week to see what would happen to my favorite people. And, you know, then the beauty of it, social media, when people do hit you up and they tell you, man, that was a great show or, hey, I went through this at this and you or ECW or how you always kept on coming back. Like that helped me in my struggles. And, you know, there's... There's I'm I'm focusing on the negative because you asked me about the change, but there's also a lot of positive. And, and like I said, I try to reach out to people while, when they ask me questions uh, just to answer because like I knew back in the day, if I ever spoke to a pro wrestler, I'd be like, oh, my gosh, I spoke to a pro wrestler. <laughs> and like if people are talking to you or people are following you and they ask a nice question or even like I've been in debates with people where, OK, well, what didn't you like? like well, you're old okay but (laughs) i can't help that yeah you know what you say you feel like you're focusing on the negative but without darkness there can be no light and i think thank you thank you but i think the profound (laughs) the resounding theme here is that through all your strife through your 33 years you have gratitude and that's what keeps you going and that is literally the universal message is every day you should wake up and you should feel gratitude for at least three things in your life big or small and i think you've encompassed 
why you've been in the business for so long, why you've had the success you have. And even though you appear to be this solemn being, I know Tommy Dreamer has the <laughs> biggest heart in the whole fucking world. It's all a work. <laughs> yeah. I don't mind ever disclosing these things. I, I don't do a lot of podcasts, but like, again, for you, I'd do anything for you. Um, Love you. The ECW I goes out of business. I'm 29 years old. The ECW like was in my parents' basement of my home um, until we eventually had to get an office. My name was on the lease of said wow. office. You know, I used to deliver, you know, I used to not only design the t-shirts after Taz left, but then uh, me, Devon and Guido, we would actually put the orders and like hand pack it all the orders to the fans like of those t-shirts that everybody you know would wear um but then years later i was able to buy my parents a home you know and That's the dream i was able to take care of them i have I won't, i've had several homes um i had rental properties i'm okay in my life from doing something that i love yeah. and like there's other things on my on, on the day october 28th this year 33 years, I got to wrestle and raise money for mental health and mental health awareness. And that meant more to me than the money that I got. And then for telling stories or talking to the people who organized the event and saying, thank you. And I'm like, no, we need to have conversations like that. We need to have conversations of mental health for men and for women. Mm -hmm. And then to cut like a promo out there about it like it it means everything to me then the next day to go out uh i drove from then chicago to battle creek about three hours by myself singing eating doing (laughs) everything that i normally do when i'm by myself um but then we're in battle creek michigan we have like over 1500 people uh there and second match is the rock and roll express and i literally like i'm watching the rock and roll express wrestle because 16 year old Tommy Dreamer mm-hmm. or Tom Lachlan would mm-hmm. never think he'd even share a locker room, let alone be great friends with Ricky Morton. And when I went out there through the crowd and that music hit, I looked at Ricky and Robert and rock and roll never died. And he walked out there and I was like, that's not a 62 year old man. That's Ricky friggin' Morton. And in the back, Robert, is humbling around and he could barely mm. move because of his leg mm-hmm. or his, his knee or his hip. Mm-hmm. But that music hits and he's making that hot tag like he always did. Punch, <laughs> punch. And that's the beauty of it. Yeah. You know, because for, in that little bit, like they put a smile on my face because I got to watch my friend do what he loves mm-hmm. for so, so long. And he's, you know, second generation wrestler that grew up yeah. in the wrestling business. And uh, it, it's just, very very blessed very very uh honored to be here and then it's also like you know to help with behind the scenes in companies or find you know when when i found you you know it was from a vc vcr tape and i was just like <laughs> look at how talented this woman is and now I get to see like the same thing where it's just like, or if you came up to me and said, Tommy, man, there's this girl. She's so good. Cool. Let me see her stuff. Mm. And like calling people and be like, Hey, you want to have a tryout here? Or, hey, we're going to hire you uh, for impact. Like, cause I remember, listen, 
focus on the negative. Uh, my first ever letter from the WWE, mm-hmm. uh, I have in my wrestling photo album. Thank you for your inquiry into WWF. We are not interested in your talents. Crushing me. Crushing. <laughs> a year later, I get a tryout. They tell me and they're going to hire me. Again, um, change in management. Cool. Then at remember at one point where I have a standing offer to leave or to get offered four times different times to go to WCW. Like they did not want me, but now they really want me. Wow. And like the negative drove me for the positive. Mm-hmm. As it and does. As well as just like for everyone that left ECW or went to WCW and like, you know, ECW will be my hit history, my legacy. I'm very, very proud of it. But if I would have left, I don't know if I would have still been that same Tommy Dreamer. Mm-hmm. If I would have taken that big money deal to go to WCW, I don't know if people would still be chanting ECW when I still walk out 33 years later. Half those people weren't alive when ECW was in their heyday. But right. it's it's beautiful because like the journey that gets you to where you are really makes you the person that you are. And like I said, I've I've lived a blessed life. I love helping people. I love I love every day is an experience. It really truly is. It, to steal the line from the Marines, um, I'm I'm not curing cancer. I'm not splitting the atom. I hate when people try to get super duper, you know. Uh, this is wrestling or, or like, right. no, man, this is wrestling. It's fun. Yeah. We're going to go out there and entertain. We're going to have a match. Like I said, we're not curing cancer. We're not splitting the atom. It doesn't have to be this gray area. Um, yeah. it, it, it's just, no, well, we could just do this. And there's so many different ways to do it. Or even like, you know, well, when I hear, well, this person may not want to lose. I'm like, well, cool. Well, then they could either fight for real and go to the UFC or Mm -hmm. do this because Mm -hmm. that's the business. Let's wrap this up with my speed round, my top 10 tailor-made questions. Name one beauty product you cannot live without. I cannot wait for your answer. Soap, deodorant. (laughs) I'm heavy set. I don't want to smell it. (laughs) Do you still use bar soap? You know, I'll tell you two things. And it came close during the pandemic. I have never bought soap or shampoo. Of course you haven't. You use like a foreign one, don't you? It's like. No, 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 no. I've always taken it from hotels and I have a stockpile and I was almost down during the pandemic. Um, But now it also changed because they have all those pumps in the hotels. Yes. uh, I still haven't done it, but uh, I've come close. And like all my shampoos are this big. They're minis and conditioners (laughs) paid for. And seriously, I was down to like four bar, four bars of soap and like maybe three things of uh, shampoo and conditioner because I stopped going to hotels all the time. Oh, God. So that's that's the beauty products you cannot live without hotel toiletries. (laughs) Beautiful. We'll say deodorant because I don't want to smell. <laughs> okay. What is your favorite exercise? Uh, sadly, I train very hard to look this bad. Um, <laughs> my favorite exercise every morning I get up and I do cardio. Uh, I do old school 21s. 
you know what those are? No, tell me what 21s are. 21s are you take a straight bar with uh, the weights that already started uh-huh. and you do uh, tw- three sets of seven, but all in one thing. Okay. Where you go half this way with your biceps yes. and then you go half the bottom to the top Yes. for seven, seven. And the last one, you go all the way up. And if you ever want to pump or want gigantic 24 inch pythons <laughs> like Tommy Dreamer, brother. <laughs> Uh, that's the uh, that's the workout you got to do. All right, I'm hitting that after this. Then, <laughs> what is your biggest pet peeve? I hate, hate, hate. Yep. Wet socks. Oh. Like if you get your socks wet. Yeah. Like sometimes, someone in my house will take a shower. I'll go to have to pee, step in, and I'm like, oh my god, get this <laughs> off of me. And uh, I will reveal this to all uh, every female that knows me. Mm-hmm. I'm not a fan of the belly button. The belly button. It's a little gross. I don't like looking at them. <laughs> so if I after this interview, people start sending me belly button pics, like one queen of WWE does all the time. Oh my god! And uh, I'm not a fan. Angelina knows. Uh, there's a lot of Gail knows this. A lot of people don't. So not a fan funny. of the belly button. So you rather, so you rather us be like Barbie, just like smooth. <laughs> I just don't. It, it just <laughs> listen. It's not. It's not attractive. That's I like. Fun. I like piercings. I like them from afar. Mm-hmm. But if you really do Get look in at there? them, they're they're yeah. They're <laughs> and one time I had an infection in my own belly button. Ew! From dog hair. Oh. And that's you know, horrible. a dog hair, just like human hair, can grow in your body, no. and then you get an infection. I can't help. I hate having to clean my own belly button. It's <laughs> hence disgusting. The infection, hence the None infection. None of us should have it. Who is your celebrity crush? First person that comes to your mind. Pamela Anderson. Oh, obviously. Who doesn't love Pammy? She was always. She was always that. Wow, man, she's beautiful. Oh yeah. Who is your favorite band or artist? It's a good one. I will go with Allison Chains. <gasps> Uh, because the, whenever I hear that music, I become 20-something-year-olds again, and mm-hmm. I can do no wrong when I hear my own ring music. Very um, nice. My second favorite would be Nirvana, close second. Oh, we're, we're musical twins. I love this. I've also go to a, like, I currently, like, I love Ariana Grande. I have two twin daughters, and I go to a <laughs> lot of concerts. <laughs> That uh, a 51-year-old man shouldn't be attending and yet <laughs> want to be cool and tough. But I'm like, oh, my God, this is my favorite Olivia Rodrigo song. Front oh, yeah. row. Yep. That does make you cool, just for <laughs> the record. Do you have a secret vice like drinking a glass of wine in the shower? I know you don't drink wine in the shower. I don't want to say it's a secret, but peanut butter. Yes. I cannot control myself around peanut butter. Oh! And, I hear you. Uh, yes. Just big I tablespoons. Have 40 ounces of peanut butter downstairs. And it's also <laughs> re- reduced fat because, and I have drank, I'm, I've drank, I have eaten with a spoon uh-huh. 40 ounces of peanut butter in one sitting and milk. Could you poop? Uh, like a soft serving ice cream <laughs> dispenser. Ah, so there's a peanut butter cleanse. I like this for you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or your well, guilt, my guilty pleasure, like TV show, would be the Jersey Shore. Just to give me emails. Really? I'm an old school Guido from New York. I kind of I, like I watch it. them all the time. Worked with all of them. They're all they were all excellent. <laughs>
the best all time, I would say Undertaker, best that I've ever been a part of, Sandman, Enter the Sandman, and uh, my third favorite, Chris Jericho, just because what it, the best part about wrestling, singing live. When do we normally sing live? We're at a concert, everybody's happy. Mm-hmm. Church, we're all worshiping something. Right. Or in professional wrestling, when you could get a, bu- a group of people to sing your entrance or to just sing together because I feel singing is is a happy emotion mm-hmm. and to get everybody at one point in your life happy I love that Matt the beauty and magic of that mm-hmm. I couldn't agree more what is your drink of choice doesn't have to be alcoholic I drink about a gallon of water a day I pee a lot at night mm-hmm. um, but I drink about a gallon of water and also with my guilty pleasure, I'm a big skim milk guy skim milk. Um, with peanut butter. And another weird Tommy Dreamer fact, I never had a cup of coffee till I was 40. Now I have a coffee company, um, <laughs> but I drink way too much coffee. I'm making up for the 40 years that I never had it in my life. Good for you. Solidarity. There's no such thing as too much coffee. No, I drink. I drink way too much. <laughs> Okay, I feel like this is a loaded question for you versus Mm -hmm. a lot of people who won't embrace it quite the same. What was your most embarrassing moment in the ring? Got a couple. Uh, One, me and Raven are wrestling as a tag team that doesn't get along. We're wrestling. I'm fighting in the bleach. I go to the top of the and I see a rope. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to do a swashbuckler down the entire bleachers and dive on top of my opponents Mm -hmm. and I tell them that and I throw them to the bottom and as I go to grab the rope and I'm hyping up the crowd Raven legit punches me grabs the rope and does it goes down the entire bleachers grabs it and the place like ECW ECW and then there's another rope right there yep so I grab the other rope I get the whole people I G everybody up yeah I jump off and it's a small rope and I literally jump and I just go ooh, ooh, and I just start spinning in the middle of the thing and everyone's just like oh and then like I just had to run down and throw a really bad punch um, but like he took away my swashbuckling uh, thing on another time ECW I used to wear because I was hardcore a, I had Friday underwear and Saturday underwear and Saturday <laughs> underwear would be special arena underwear because I'm very superstitious. Yep. And that Friday underwear was teal with like black, like, uh, I don't want to say polka dots, but like they were a black, a teal thong with like black, like <laughs> dots on them. Okay. And I still to this day do 10, uh, Hindu squats before I go out there. Mm. And this is when I had two managers, Beulah and Kimona, and they were, uh, we were in a weird three-way, which was awesome. I was hardcore. I took them both. <laughs> and right before I do my squats, yep. I rip my pants from <laughs> my crotch all the way to the top. And my music hits. Oh, no. And I'm like, oh, what do I do? So as we go, I go to Beulah. I said, hug me walk with me super duper tight and so we get to the ring and i just roll in and i squat right on my butt and i'm like girls start dancing for me and they start dancing for me 
And then I said, act like you want to have sex with me right now and start ripping my clothes off. <laughs> so they start. And then I wrestled with my giant. And I was like, stop, stop. I don't want to have sex with you both right now. I want to go wrestle. And so they ripped my pants. So it like uh... I distracted the people from where my cool uh, teal hardcore thong Genius. and wrestled with my uh, fatty ass out. <laughs> But what what a way to style it out! Like, I mean, that's thinking on thinking your feet. Thinking on the fly, worker, such a worker. Yep. Where can our listeners find you on the interwebs? Where are you? I am the Tommy Dreamer on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. I'm not the best Facebooker. Mm-hmm. Uh, my Instagram right now is uh, weirdly stuck on Hacksaw Jim Duggan <laughs> saying he's on Cameo for twenty hours. <laughs> Um, but I think that's an Instagram issue and Twitter is always uh, lit. All right. Last one. Finish this lyric. <clears throat> I'm the man in the box. Yeah. <laughs> well done. <laughs> Thank you so much for taking the time out to do this, Tommy. Always love you. And okay. I appreciate you. And I will see you in a couple of days. I always. love you. Well, there you have it, ladies and gentlemen, over an hour of wild, weird, wonderful content from your girl, Taylor Wilde, and her wrestling dad, Tommy Dreamer. Wrestling dad is very different than daddy, so don't get it twisted. Don't get weird. Don't get any weirder than I would approve of, okay? I really hope you guys enjoyed that. That was a really special episode for me. Like a lot of things in this past two months of making my return to Impact Wrestling. After all the craziness I've endured, you guys have been along the ride for my precious, lovely, wild ones. That was a really intimate, telling episode I think for both Tommy and I because Tommy's someone who is always on the interview side he is not the interviewee so it was really fun to flip the script and please check out his show on Busted Open Radio we just did an episode uh, about a month ago and it was probably around the same length because both Tommy and I suffer from the same uh, illness it's called verbal diarrhea but that is why we have podcasts and that is why you tune in every wednesday to get wild with your girl taylor wild i could not would not be able to do this podcast without my badass punk rock girl band the wild on team my right hand woman my queen creative producer creative producer, producer and editor and creative queen and my all Rochelle Duras girl, my marketing specialist, Madison Golshani and our sweet baby angel who helps out with all the things and she sings the Wild On theme song, Sam Smith. And until next week, keep calm and wild on. Wild On.